1: Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host and Nate Micah. Nate and Micah, and then we got little man Lawson on here, my my middle child. How are we doing today, sir? Good. Doing good? Yeah. This, this is the uh, first time for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom before we get started on what we're about to do?
2: He killed a buck, but he couldn't find it.
0: Oh, he's just burning the shit out of you. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say that. (laughs) He told you before we even started recording. He's like, dude, don't say bad words. (laughs) (laughs) Lawson came on to the show and is burning his father the second he gets. I
1: haven't shot a buck this year. So thank you for that. Have. I shot at an elk, and I never found it. Ah, okay, that's and what already, talking about. We've already talked
0: about that. So. Yeah. I
2: thought it was a buck.
0: Well, it was it a was bull. A, it was a kind of a buck. It was a bull. So listen, we are doing our intro show, our intro to our show today with Gavin Sodders uh, with Whitetail Bloodline, <laughs> and um, Mike had to bring his son, Lawson, and lawson's been a trooper for the last hour and a half yep so so we're letting him do the intro with us so he is our special guest host that's right but we do have gavin Sauters with Sauter with uh whitetail bloodline yeah and it's kind
1: of just kind of like a hunter profile of thing we get to know gavin a little bit more right yeah. And so, you know, he talks about his setups, what he does, and he kind of yeah. travels all around the country uh, on Whitetail. So we kind of just
0: get into it with him. He has a podcast as well. So Yep, yep. So check him out, Whitetail Bloodline. Um, it's a, about an hour-long show, so we're going to get into our uh, sponsors. Uh, let's start with Athlon Optics. Man, that stuff is pretty darn good. You might even say ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculously yep. good. And... Uh, You know, I don't know. That's that's all I can say about it right now. I I need to. I'm just signing a gun in very soon. Right. The second eh.
2: I got on here, I roasted my dad. You did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's hold on for a second. I need to look into. um, I'm pretty sure they have crossbow. Um, oh, I, I know. Scopes. They yeah, they do. So I need to get. Yeah. I, I, I I recently traded my bow for a crossbow for my children. For the. For, yeah, not, know, not you know, him. Yeah, for Lawson and Brinley. Uh, it's just easier to hunt with a crossbow at the property that we have permission on. So um, I need to start looking,
0: maybe getting a uh, crossbow scope. Yep. Uh, Yeah, and uh, Midwest Gunworks, you can also put some Athlon Optics on top of them. Mm-hmm. Use our code Woodswater for 5% off. Uh, On any order there. Uh, River's Edge Tree Stands. I actually got a buddy coming by tomorrow or Friday or Saturday to pick up one of my five two-man stands that I put together that I haven't put out. I'm going to borrow it. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, me and uh, Amy, I'm hoping Amy's actually going to go hunting with me Sunday evening. So, we're going to be in the two-man. Cross
2: my fingers.
0: Yeah. Cross your fingers.
2: That you get a
1: buck. Well, I
0: appreciate the good luck. Uh, luckybuckmineral.com check them out Onyx tree or X tree stands Onyx maps use our code MWW20 for 20% off I've been using mine a lot lately uh, me and my buddy Pat actually used Onyx to drop a pin to me to tell me where to go today not even like hunting wise just to meet them
1: Oh really? Like that was easy. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> there's so just many so different. Nice. Yeah, yeah, so
0: many different things
1: that you can do with Onyx. I, I've said it a million times. I use it for work every day. Yep. So, uh, <clears throat> just one of those things that it's really nice having in your pocket. Uh, camo Fire, rotating door of deals.
0: Rotating door of deals. In the words of Doug from Working Glass Bowhunter, delete your browser history. Delete yeah, delete <laughs> your browser history. Black Ovis. We talk about them and their uh, arrow ID builder, uh, on in the show. Uh, com. use our code MWW10 for 10% off. Reveal <coughs> cameras, nice coffin. Reveal cameras by Tacticam. Uh, I went out and refreshed our, all of our batteries. Appreciate you doing that. And our that. setups. And yeah. actually me and Chase, Chase went with me. Heck yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was enjoyable. And we getting pictures again that we needed, although nothing important.
1: Yeah, we haven't, we've had, I think one. Do you see that one new eight point though? Real wide, not real yeah, tall. He's, kinda he's yeah, spindly. Kind of spindly looking, yeah, different. Yeah. But he's just, he's new, so. Yeah. You know. I don't know if he's new.
2: Kind of like a trained roll-up thing.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not sure exactly that. what you just said, but <laughs> hey, we'll move on.
0: Like yeah. a wheel. A wheel, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Uh, and Weber Outfitters, weberoutfitters.com, uh, our buddy, we're wishing our buddy Josh and Adam over there and everybody else uh, good luck this whitetail season yeah i think they both
1: they've both gotten does so far yep and obviously they're chasing some horns right now so hopefully they get something done and Uh, then
0: last but not least morel targets
1: yep shooting mine the Mm -hmm. other day and like i said got that new crossbow (laughs) so me and the kids will be shooting the uh shooting the uh morel targets here pretty soon trying to get that all sighted yeah with the crossbow so are you gonna you gonna shoot the crossbow when we get it yeah yep we're just waiting on some bolts to come in aren't we yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Lawson, you gave me a great idea. I think we should do a show with just our kids someday. Do you do Do you know how insane that would be? That, that's yeah. That's why I it would be hilarious. It would
2: be like 100 kids in one video.
1: Well, we wouldn't do a video. It would just be like this, like we're doing now.
2: Yeah, but we would need way more chairs.
1: Well, we would need,
0: wouldn't we? We would need we some chairs. We only have a few of I think it would be fun, though, because I'm going to be honest with you, Lawson. You've been the best host I've ever worked with. <laughs> Even better than your dad. That's not hard. Isn't that, Isn't that awesome? Yes. Okay, uh, tell everybody how old you are. Five. Uh, and are you in kindergarten? Yes. Yep, I know that. How would I know that you're in kindergarten?
2: Because how old I am. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm your uncle, so yeah. I pick him up a lot of days, and uh, he gets to tell me about his day. And yep, him and Bennett, they're both
1: kindergarten, yep. so future hunters in the missouri woods and water
0: yeah <laughs> area yeah. so good job good job yeah great. lawson i want you to take us out okay you okay. got to repeat after me this is the missouri woods and water podcast
2: this is a missouri water podcast
0: good job All awesome right. man see you guys Alright, with us tonight we have Gavin Sodders, host of the Whitetail Bloodline podcast. What's up, man?
3: Not much, man. I'm excited. Excited to talk to you guys. Been following you guys for a while, listening to your podcast, and following around with your content, like what you're doing, and I appreciate you guys inviting me on.
0: Yeah, no, no problem, dude. Probably yeah. should have done it way before now, but... Yeah, absolutely. You know how it is. <laughs> you know how the podcast <laughs> yep. game is. You're like, oh, I got this on my list, and then like a year and a half later, you're like, that's still on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, probably, I probably should follow through with that wait, wait till you get to episode like 200 you're gonna be like i still have not done this one <laughs> Yep.
3: Yeah, i got one that i've been trying to finish for like over a month so i get it
0: yep i understand that well uh today's episode we're just going to kind of do a hunter profile with gavin um and kind of not really bs because we're we're going to talk white tail specific but you know kind of talk about like his strategies, his tactics, what he likes to do, um, get into different things. We're gonna let the, the conversation basically go where it's gonna go, um, which is cool. And but before we do, Gavin, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about Whitetail Bloodline a little bit. What inspired you to you know start the podcast? It was us, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> and uh, you know, um, a little bit like about where you're from, and and you know, kind of that sort of stuff
3: all uh, right so i'm gavin sauter <clears throat> i've lived in indiana most of my life i'm 29 years old i was actually born in utah baby of the family only lived there for a year uh moved to south Dakota indiana spent like seven years in virginia and then came back to indiana and uh second generation bow hunter got a dad who started doing it he was really up with bow hunting i think he started in the late 80s and the back when bows were a lot different out west chasing mule deer and stuff and uh we're just lucky to have a, a father who was just brought me up in the outdoors would always take me hunting and everything. If you're up doing that, uh grew up doing a lot of bird hunting when we were young. That's like my, my dad's real passionate. He loves hunting tails. He really loves chasing some, like, pheasant quail and shuck and stuff. And mm. So I grew up with that, and uh, I was a little different. Like, even at a young age, man, I've been ate up with, especially hunting whitetails, but just the outdoors in general, basically my entire life. Like, uh, I stopped playing like organized sports at probably 11 or 12 because football is my my, my favorite thing and football season comes right during deer, deer season so I stopped doing that and uh, just basically spend every weekend I could out there chasing white has been hunting solo since I was 11 killed my first deer at 11 years old opening day with my dad he was filming me with a crossbow way back then and then that Friday sat solo and shot my first buck and then Ever since then, man, just been running the gun and chasing whitetails. But just a little bit about me and uh, like the Whitetail Bloodline. Uh, I've always had that, that dream, just like most people who grew up in the outdoors and hunting, of starting something or being part of the outdoor industry. And uh, just growing up, I mean, I've been doing a YouTube and like hunting content for roughly 10, 11 years or something like that. Started YouTube way back then uh, before it was real popular. And the Whitetail Bloodline, I just wanted to. With social media ramping up and taking off like it has the last few years, it started becoming a little more feasible and just seeing other guys doing it. I thought, I could definitely do that. I was like, so I started talking to some real close buddies. It started off, I started getting the idea, talking to a few buddies, and then I was just trying to think of a good name, trying to think of a name that would kind of like stand out. And then I don't know how it came apart, but the white bloodline came in my mind, looked it up, there was nothing with it. I like, that sounds fire to me, and then uh, started talking to my buddies about a podcast, and then, yeah, we started that podcast 2020. I think it was like September 29th or October 1st. It was right before our o- October 1st opener here in Indiana, and started doing that, and it was just basically a bunch of high school buddies who loved deer hunting, and uh, just started BSing, and three years later, still doing it and, and enjoying it more than ever. Such a better name than ours.
1: <laughs> it's a pretty good name, not going to
0: lie. <laughs> If you've listened to us enough, yeah, you know do. that if you if yeah. you listen to us enough, you know that I'm not a fan of our name. Yeah, <laughs> it's grown it's grown on me, but, but Nathan wants. To be I don't done with it. Yeah, I don't want to change it because okay. you know. But uh, yeah, I I like the bloodline thing. Like that, that's a good one. Well done, well done.
1: Yeah, yeah. man, you've uh. Yeah,
3: you, bloodline. Like to Bloodline just so multi meaning. It's just like yeah. it's like. The bloodline, like the actual, you're trying to build your genetic bloodline. Like my bloodline, I was brought up in a hunting family, the bloodline, and then you shoot a deer, the bloodline. So yeah, yeah. you can take it wherever you want. Oh,
0: it, it, it's it's nice. And you know what's uh um, you know what's cool about like starting a podcast is I mean your story is just like ours. We we probably talked about it longer than it took us to start it because it's really is it's pretty freaking easy. You think it's like intimidating, but it's not. You know, as soon as you get it down, how to edit a show and the equipment to get that, that was the biggest thing is the decision we made on like what to buy up front. And, uh, I'll never go back on that decision. Like we, we decided no. to like spend money and, and buy what we were told is the stuff to get instead of mm-hmm. like just recording off the, the computer. And I'm, that'll, that'll be a decision we never regret. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like super simple. And I love that you do the YouTube stuff. Cause that's something I'll probably like, I'm good here, but the second you put a camera in my face, am I right? Yeah. It's yeah. just like, hi, <laughs> my name is Nathan. <laughs> I, I can't talk no yeah. more. So uh, YouTube yeah. is uh, something I'm probably not going to break into. This dude can get in front of a camera pretty easily.
1: Well, it just don't bother me. But- yeah, but not me. <laughs> We're – that's just something that we haven't really messed with and i i just don't know if we want to mess with it maybe down the road yeah, or whatever it's, a, it's but, a big undertaking it seems I mean, like yeah you know? i mean and anyway, and the way things yeah. are going it seems like are is it oh, do you ever get your stuff like taken down just for content reasons you know showing blood or guts or something how, how is that these uh, days
3: <laughs> TikTok. i actually just re-downloaded my TikTok today like i can't Action that we getting taken down so I just got tired of it yeah. TikTok a bunch of so I was like why well, support the 100 haters and now yeah. i saying you still got multiple thousand followers on there and stuff so Like I'm like a couple of my videos I've been throwing on Instagram on there but yeah. I've been lucky like I I come from a pretty conservative family and on Facebook and stuff they'll be getting like uh, their little bands and stuff I've never got a band anywhere I,
0: I mean we, we haven't got gotten... lucky.
3: And I'm I'm pretty...
0: sorry uh yeah, we, we haven't gotten banned on, like, Instagram or Facebook either, although we don't currently have a Facebook. Yeah, we, our, our Facebook got hacked our a while back. Our shit got hacked, but uh, I probably ought to just open a new one and move on with our lives. Something. But, but and, uh, Andy Andy's the one
1: that does the TikTok uh, for us or whatever, and I think he's gotten busted for, like, some coyote hunts and stuff like that, but I don't think he puts too much on there anyways. But it seems like yeah. TikTok's definitely a little hardcore than some of the other ones.
3: Yeah, TikTok's funny too. You can go on my profile and there's one that's pinned to it of me dragging a deer my buddy shot that went and died in a lake. I'm dragging that out and it still got the, he shot it with the crossbow. It's still got the bolt sticking out of it with me dragging it in my boxes in like early November and that doesn't get taken down. But I'll have a video of me like walking with my bow and then that'll get taken down.
1: So I don't know okay. what
0: they're doing over there. I just got one thing to say about the social media conglomerates. Fuck them all.
1: Yeah, I mean it not <laughs> I mean if I'm being honest it wouldn't bother
0: me a bit if they all went away. But I mean I it, mean the, it, only, the the nice thing about it is you do get to interact with your listeners. Right. You know that, that that's that is, like the thing I like. The rest of it I'm good. Like he did a uh, you did a what's that called a reel? A reel a couple weeks ago. And it got like 2 million views. And it was hilarious. Really? It was hilarious as shit. I'll give him that but it's just like how does this st- what does certain stuff like blow up and other stuff doesn't and you know these damn ass algorithms and um it's just i don't know just, we sound
1: like some old men right now. i do just, I, am just, just, just I am an old man just complaining i am an old man just complaining because we don't know what we're
0: doing on it really yeah you're like where's the button for this one right <laughs> yeah no i get it but let's talk stop talking about that bullshit let's talk about you as a hunter mr whitetail bloodline himself like i want to get back into it dude you mentioned whenever you were
1: first started talking you killed your first deer by yourself at age 11 is that right
3: i killed uh i hunted for a few years in indiana i want to say i was hunting like eight years old and i actually sat solo a few times back then i remember sitting solo with like one of those old muzzle muzzleloaders but it was opening day in virginia I think it's pretty much an October opener as well and shot my first deer. It was a yearling doe on uh, we'll say October first that morning. And then that next Friday I went out with my brother and uh, sat solo. He sat on one side of the property, I sat on another, and then shot my first buck solo that next Friday. So
1: that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I was put uh, uh, off in the high
0: school. I could wipe my own ass back then.
1: Yeah. No, I, I shot <laughs> I shot my first deer when I was fifteen by myself solo. <laughs> didn't know that i was supposed to have a parent or a legal guardian with me but uh <laughs> they definitely were not during statute <laughs> limitations yeah it was during youth season or whatever uh but uh yeah i was i was 15 and I, and then once i shot it i was like oh i don't know what to do now so we had to have a buddy that guy that i was hunting at house he actually came down and uh he he pretty much filled dressed it and did all the work for me so that that was pretty nice but uh yeah so doing that at 11 years old that, that's pretty uh yeah. pretty cool
3: I was using a, the stomach climber. Everybody used to use. I used the <laughs> stomach climbers for many, many years. I just sold them uh, last year, actually. And yeah, I got you should you should see the little selfies of me when I'm probably like 12 years old sitting in a stomach climber. I've had some sketchy moments with those too. Man, the bottoms fall off. And I, I was a little guy when I was that young, so you had to like fireman carry, go get a big stick, get your yep. your stand down. But how, I've how, just always been ate up with it. How
0: old are it's you? My 29. I'm 29. Okay, 29. Yeah. Okay. So what, um, what I like, well, we'll just get into this, the, the tactic of, you know, how you attack hunting right now, because you and I talked a little bit before Micah got here. Um, you kind of like ground hunting. Uh, I'm not saying that's all you do, but how, how do you mostly attack deer right now? I mean, is it, is the ground an option for you? Whereas like a lot of people, they won't do it. Like it's, it's just I'm not going to sit on the ground for a whitetail. Uh, you obviously will, but what is your 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 normal mode of operation?
3: Um. Yeah, man. Like last year, I, I mean, I've hunted on the ground for for a, a few times. I, like when I was young, man, I was uh, I didn't have the patience I do now, so I'd be sitting in the stand for a few hours, and I'm like, ah, I'm gonna go get down, and see if I can see something. And I've actually killed quite a few deer doing that. Like, remember seeing a doe, did a little spot and stalk on her, and blew it. And work around the whole property, buddy. Big old field property in Virginia, and I'm like a thousand yards away into a vantage point where I could see her. And she, she came back, and I ended up sneaking up on her and shooting her uh, with a crossbow by like 14. And she was standing on the other side of a fence, and it actually hit the hit the fence because it was like one of your square fence and shot up and dropped her right in the <laughs> Oh <back. laughs> wow! Nice like <laughs> jugular. It was it was crazy. That was my first spot in stock, but last year uh I, I have 27 acres here family property it's uh it's pretty good it's it's gotten better every year been managing luckily my parents will basically let me have free range on and do whatever i want so that's what, i've gotten a lot of my knowledge these past 10 years managing this property but uh a lot of the bucks man like the bucks are just starting to start come to this property so usually your early season i want to get out there So i go hit some public and there's a piece of public land, and it's just like one of those spots that's the perfect uh bed to feed transition and then deer come through like 8.30, which is nice because you don't have to go get in your stand four hours or two hours before it gets light, you know. So I would honestly get to the spot right when I could start seeing. I'd walk in and not even use a flashlight, get into that spot. And there was just like a fallen log, and it had another broken log like right in front of me. So it was like just like kind of a, a natural blind. And, dude, the amount of deer I saw right there, it, like, it changed how I hunt forever. Like Because I was kind of worried about it. I started following people. You hear them on podcasts and these guys like the white cell adrenaline guys that do a lot from the ground so i was listening to them and uh once you start doing it and even like a two-year-old buck i had a few two-year-old bucks walk like five yards from me and not get spooked and there's nothing like it man i couldn't imagine actually like drawing on and shooting that deer that close and yeah it's uh it's definitely different but i like it a lot because i I do the mobile hunting i use elevate tree stands and uh, i basically started going real mobile last year what, what i is mobile like a climber's mobile but for me that's a little too loud to be super mobile and yeah dude hunting on the ground you can just get away with more like your scent depending on where you're at and stuff you're already low on the ground like sometimes it helps that your scent from a tree stand blowing over them but right dude i loved it but like i probably passed i don't know just in that one spot on that one piece of public every bit of sticks or seven but all day
0: i feel like ground hunting has a negative connotation in the whitetail world like, you're a, I don't know, you're crazy if you want to hunt off the ground. And dudes like Zach Farrenbaugh have definitely helped that because, like, that's basically all he does anymore. But, yeah. you know, I, I, whenever I feel like, oh, you know, I, I shouldn't be on the ground right now, I, I go back to what Fred Bear said, and I, I'm probably going to butcher this, but what do he say? Sit down and sit still? Sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up, sit still. Like, yeah. it's not that. It's not that difficult. It's not that big. Like, everybody, and we're included in that. I mean, we're a podcast, so we break down as much as we can break down. But it's play the wind and don't freaking move around. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that hard. And uh, I've had some really cool hunts um, on the ground. I mean, Evil Eddie was a buck that, you know, I wish I could have killed, but he wasn't legal at the time. And, you know, I've had young bucks walk right up to me and have to almost be like, hello before they you know, realize it and you know you don't get that same feeling when you're in a tree stand even if you get deer come right underneath you it's still different because you you almost feel like you're still detached from the what's going on below you but when you're right there you're like yep. you can you can feel them breathing you can you know it's just everything's in your face uh it's a different rush it's a different rush but at the same time almost every time i'm hunting on the ground you know when I'm after I'm set up and you know letting things settle down and and you know kind of getting my bearings and everything like that I almost will always say to myself it'd be really nice to be about 10 feet in the air right now <laughs> like so yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely understand it um but how have you perfected like so you use elevated tree stands you said
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, um, I'm on, guy.
0: so
1: so you haven't you haven't messed with the saddles yet have you
3: no, like I, I went to a bunch of the shows this year and I sat in and everything and I like them, but he, for he was me, at I've been at a Yep. Yep. We were there too. I was going to say, we didn't talk too much then or we, we probably would have bullshit for a while.
0: I know. I don't and, even uh, think that, I, I don't even know if we saw each other or not, but I wish I, I wish we would have ran into you. But um, yeah, it's like, uh, so my question is, so this, Micah and I just kind of, I haven't even used mine yet, but Micah has a few times. We started using saddles this year. And I had a running gun set up that was a uh, hang on. Uh, it was an XOP Vanish. And then I had some Hawk Helium sticks with daisy chains. And I just, I always, every time I went to use it, you know, I had the tree, the XOP tree stand transport system. So it's like a pack that you had the tree stand set up on. And then I have my bag sitting on the the uh, seat of my tree stand when I would go in.
2: That's actually
3: what I used last year. I used that same system. I killed my Kentucky buck on public out of that.
0: So, okay, so here's this was my complaint about it. So, now I will say, my backpack, I'm sure I didn't, like, I wasn't worried about weight. I just put my shit in the backpack, and and then I put the backpack on it, and then I, I bunged it to the stand, and then I had my four, I used four sticks, because I'm a short dude, and I want to use four. And so I had, you know, sticks on each side, and those were bungeed. Well, by the time I put everything on there, and then I put the, the stand on, I kind of felt like I was damn near packing an elk out like it it not light so i found myself no, yeah, I, I found myself like not wanting to do it and just i'm just going to go sit on the ground how did you perfect your uh, your system like how you got in how you put everything up um to where like you didn't ha- have that thought that i have every time i you know put it on was like this sucks i don't like this you know i just want to go sit on the ground this seems stupid like where did where was that break point for you and, and did you have those struggles you know at first and how did you get over them?
3: Yeah, luckily for me, man, uh, we've been using hang ons for crap. I couldn't even tell you since I was probably 13, 14. So it's just been kind of second nature. Those were more of your permanent sets. Don't get me wrong, but you're going through the same motions of hanging them. You're hanging those awkward sticks and all that and uh I, I ran into that same issue with that like don't get me wrong i ain't got nothing bad to say about that xlp stand. no it's cool i, I still got two first... of them yeah say i killed my first public land buck out of it but it was pretty heavy i think the one i had was i don't say like 14 16 pounds yeah with, uh, the stand was which that ain't terrible then you had the four sticks i was rocking four sticks you add my camera gear my backpack and all that and it it does get tiring that's that's honestly one of the reasons i started hunting public because first time i went back there to that spot i was telling you about where I sit behind that log I'd love that stand back and it's not a crazy walk like quarter mile, maybe close to a half mile. And I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of doing this every time, like just setting up, taking down the public land, don't want to get stolen. So I was like, I'm going to start trying to, to do the ground game. But for me, I, I wanted something different. I follow a bunch of guys. I got a bunch of buddies that die hard. The more you're on social media, the more you hear about stuff. And, my new Elevate, it's just like night and day. So I've been used to hanging them big, big game tree stands that are, I don't know, 20 pounds or something yeah. for so many years. And going to buddy's house, helping them hang their stuff. And it's one I got behind me right there. That one's only 6.25 pounds. And so when it comes for me, I just feel comfortable doing it. And I, I'm a little guy, I'm 5'10. I'm pretty limber though. So I can, I can, I, I've, I argue with my saddle buddies all the time. I can hang my hang on as quick as you can hang your saddle. And that's just, just for me doing it for many years. And they got little things that are easier, like Elevate Sells in, expedite even Sells in, too. Like belt buckle little loops that you can put your sticks in. Because I'll get my first two sticks in before I start even climbing up. And then I'll climb up, and you'll have your two sticks right up on you so you can just, without, because when I started doing it before I had those, you'd have to get down and grab that stick, climb yeah. up, just because I wasn't trying to bang metal around. So if you can do that. And uh, the guys that are real good at it, they don't ever get down once they start climbing they get down, or they don't get down. Me, I'm not that diehard about it. Like, yeah. it's going to take me 10 more seconds to drop down and throw my backpack on and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's what you're comfortable with. I talk to people all the time. Like, most guys are static guys now, and uh, just because it's easy, you can go in there wearing your harness, climb up, put your little platform down. So then I get that. But for me, it's just like self-filming. And everybody's like, oh, it's, it's easier to self-filming a saddle. I was like, maybe for you. But I've been doing this self-filming for 10 years out of a hang-on. So it's just second nature to me. Yeah. And I'm one of them guys, man. Uh, when when everybody's doing something, I kind of want to be different. So everybody's a saddle guy. I'll, I'll never be a saddle guy just for that reason. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, it's like shooting a Matthews. I know Matthews is probably the best bow on the market. Definitely, ar- oh, arguably the best bow on the market. But I'll never shoot him ats just because everybody I you know to be a you Matthews. wanna be
0: different that yeah I get that well and I mean, yeah. I think that's like one of the reasons it never stuck with me is it's just like i and and I never did it enough to Perfected. get good at it yeah so every time I would yeah. go hang in the morning, I'm in the dark and I'm getting pissed off because like dude I remember the first time I ever ran and running and gunned with it wasn't even that XOP at the time. It was a different tree stand I had. I'm like, I want to be in this area. And there was only one tree that was not like a hedge in this. And I'm like, I found it. And at the time, I had some Muddy muddy Pro Sticks, I think they are. I still got them. I love those sticks, actually. But they are they have uh, ropes is is what you're using. You, you The rope goes around the tree, and then it goes through this little cam. And the ropes are not very long. They're like not super long. And I get to this tree that was decent size, not huge. And the freaking ropes wouldn't go around the tree. So I end up sitting in this stand and these sticks right next to the freaking tree and sitting on the ground. Like that, that was my hunt that day. Then the second time I, I end up like doing some research. So I buy the XOP cause it was a little cheaper than like a lone wolf and, and different stuff at the time. And I bought this Hawk helium sticks and did the daisy chain with a buddy here in Missouri that sells the daisy chain setups and, I get out to the first time in the dark, and I just like, I get down like I get go up and down like four or five times, freaking getting annoyed. One of the the one of the sticks kicks out on me when I'm getting down a little bit, and and then I I sit I hang you know hang the stand. I'm like, all right, I'm good. It's still dark. I see a a deer comes underneath me right when it's dark, and then the sun comes out, and I'm just I'm sitting there going. I don't have a single freaking shooting lane here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you like, I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> so like my first, um, ex- my first yeah. two experiences didn't go well. And so I'm, I started going, well, I'm just going to hunt on the ground cause I can move if I need to, or I'm just going to, you know, go back to hanging a bunch of different permanent sets and then I can move to one and to the next. And Mike has helped me with a lot of those. Um, And I think that's the draw for me and him this year with the the platforms, or not the platforms, the saddles, saddles, is they're lightweight. And if something doesn't bother me as far as, like, going in and out with it, I'm more likely to use it. It's when, you know, I'm just like, I got all this extra bullshit on my back for what, you know? And... I might not even get in a tree. I don't even know where I'm going right now. I'm I'm in this new property, and I don't even know if there's trees there. And if I get there, can I even see? You know that sort of stuff. And so that's where the saddle has been um, interesting for us. And I swear to you, before this year, we were in the same boat as Gavin. Like we were like, nah, we don't. Yeah, what's oh, what's the hype that all, all about? about? <laughs> what's this? What's this about? But and I haven't even I, I haven't even used mine yet. But yeah. the idea is is good he's used his a few times the only the only thing that i gotta say about it and
1: it's probably just me i've only done it a few times i feel like i move around a little bit more than i would in a you know traditional type stand just because i'm swaying you know you got that freedom like you can it's kind of like a dang swing so (laughs) you know you're just sitting up there and that's that's probably because i'm not setting it up right as far as, you know, uh, I don't even know what they call all the stuff, but the one that actually goes around the tree that you, you hang from, lead rope, whatever. The tether? But, yeah, the tether? Yeah. And then uh, I find that my feet get tight because, like, again, probably me, not setting up right, but I feel like I'm pushing into my feet, like I'm going downhill the whole time, so my feet get a little tired or whatever you want to call it so i've another reason why i'm going to move around a lot maybe it's me See that? but i don't know
3: that's one thing one reason i don't want i don't rock a saddle either i got a broken ankle so once i hold pressure on that ankle for a bunch of hours and everybody has to say oh you can go sit on your knees or you can sit on your side and stuff but i'm like i'd rather just be able to turn around and sit down and get all the pressure completely off of it, you know and it's what you're comfortable with that's what i talk to people all the time like if you feel comfortable in a saddle, rock the saddle. If you feel comfortable in a hang on, do that. If you're a grounded pound guy, do that. And one thing I try to do is try to be a little versatile because every situation is different, especially when you're going on this public land or something yeah. and you get to a spot that you can't hang a tree. So you kind of just gotta to go with it. If it's a good spot, it's a good spot, and don't want to just like say no because I can't get a tree in here. And don't get me wrong, I've had those moments where I'm on the ground and I feel more deadly in a tree. But like you were saying earlier, there is something about being on the ground. It's like. like just because you're both touching the ground at the same time, you just like feel connected. Like, we uh, the past few years, I've been using blinds a lot recently too, like pop up blinds. And uh, I used to be not really against it, but I just never really did it. And I love it now. Like, got my nephew no shit. until this year, All yeah. right? Then he shot one November 10th out of one at like 30 yards, and it's a, it's a rush.
1: Are you doing? Are you doing that on private ground or public ground, where you're setting it up that day and then hunting it that day? Because I've always done it where I, public. So the stand I I go and I set it up there a few weeks before I hunt for whatever reason, and I it stays out all season long. On private. On private. Yep. On private. Not on public. Not on public. I've never I've never taken a blind on public.
3: Yeah, on private. I usually try to find one spot and uh, I brush it in real good. Like I went and cut down a bunch of cedars and stuff because i've learned the more brushed in the better and uh i went and actually moved some cameras right before uh i came home today and there's the bucks are starting to rub on the property that's how you know the rust starting to heat up because you will not see a single rub on our property and there's just one little sapling stretch that's sitting like 10 yards from that blind and they were tearing that up and a couple scrapes opened up and everything but i actually used it on public for the first time last year we went and hunted early early season kentucky and it rained on us the whole week, so I was like, "Dude, we want to be out there and hunt." So I went and bought a hundred-dollar pop-up blind, and we went and threw it up. And uh, yeah, we didn't see nothing, but we tried yeah, it. Right?
0: Yeah. See, like if you once again, if you listen to us enough, I don't like blinds because I don't know, it just does something to me where like I don't feel like I'm in the woods anymore. I feel like I'm watching TV almost. Like I don't know, it's it's yeah. I don't know how to explain. it. it. I just, I've never been a fan of them, but yeah. I like to hunt off the ground, right? So I actually started looking at. And we talked about this our last show, the Ghost Blind. Have you heard of that? Yep, I Yeah,
3: that like mirror blind.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um we actually had one of our listeners email us because he doesn't have social media no more and he emailed us and he's like, "Hey, listen, you know, I had one and uh it got scratched to shit like the first couple times I used it and then it broke and cuz that's my biggest hang up on something like it, like that blind's like 500 bucks like minimum is it that like this? the mirror one the mirror yeah the ghost blind it's like they're expensive yeah they ain't cheap. and they're yeah. and they're big because they fold into like sections so i'm only five seven so like you fold it into the sections and if you buy the one that's got the extensions on top it's as tall as me now it's got like a yeah. backpack system so you could put it on your back when you're walking in i don't think that would bother me but that that type of blind's intriguing because it's it's not like taking away my sentence senses it's just it's just in front of me you know what i'm saying but at the same time why don't you just use like a, uh, a branch
1: not a branch but you know they got those see-through uh bl- blankets or whatever you're gonna call them yeah, we, like we use for kyle hunting yeah 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 why don't you just do one of those then that
0: I'm would prob- be. That'd you be guys, prob- uh, yeah say what
3: you guys in uh i'm i'm actually partnering up with a company called Gillypuck. it's like uh a movable blind it's got like branches that attach and stuff to it that you can attach to like your tripod and it's got like multiple different attachments And it's got a bunch of different leaves and stuff and it's pretty cool yeah
0: i've heard of that i'm excited
3: to use it for that ground and pound because that one spot i've been talking about where i'm sitting by that log like on this way i'm clear like a deer ain't gonna see me i got that log there and then right in front of there's a log but if i could have that little bit more concealment because that trail where they come up there's like a natural community scrape sitting right there that's how i found that spot it's just one of those spots there's deer hitting it all the damn time and yeah if i had that little broken seal and it it works good man it's just so versatile too that's the coolest thing about it and it it, and it's easy to pack like you can throw all that in your backpack
1: oh nice
0: what about uh so like the stand you're using use an elevate tree stand it weighs six pounds did you Mm -hmm. do a bunch of research when you bought like? when you bought that, I mean, what are some of the lightest stands out there? Do you, I mean, obviously I would, that I one think that
1: was the beast. Ain't that like a well-known really light stand. I think I have no idea. Front. I, I mean, it's I know stand stand, Dan involves company or whatever, but
3: yeah, the your main lightest stands right now off the top of my head, you're going to have your elevate tree stand. Um, American made all through and through a lot of these like mobile tree stands. They are, you got your lone wolf. They're, they're, The Lone Wolf and the Elevate are almost like super comparable. If you look at the specs, they're almost identical. And then you got the Beast. but the difference from even the Beast to the Lone Wolf to the Elevate, the Elevate's the cheapest out of all those. And it's basically the, the same weight, you know what I'm saying? And it's just who you are and like what you want to try. I love the Elevate people. I went to ATA, met them. I started talking to them, fell in love with them. And for me, that's real important. Like, I could love your company, but if I don't like who owns it, like, right. it's just It, it makes a difference. You
1: know, I want to say that Beast, yeah. I think it's like 700 bucks or something like that. I know it's, yeah. I know it's plus 500, but I, I, I don't know exactly. And I'm just like,
0: which for a hang on? None of that's ever bothered me because I, I'm I one of those guys that'll pay for... I'll pay for some quality. I'm You're too cheap. cheap definitely. I'm, I'm a cheap mofo, and I ain't spending that much. Like, Sorry. I'll pay for quality cheap. stuff if I think it's important to me. Micah will still be like, "Nah, I'm gonna go buy the one that weighs 12 pounds and move and on, on with ca- my life." <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a little boy, and I can carry <laughs> a little bit of weight if I have to. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh
1: yeah, dude. That's dude
0: a
3: good I, point. I cars also, man, like if I had money, the, the podcast would be so much better than it is. Like my social media page would be so much better. Like, I haven't even been able to hunt Kentucky yet just because I ain't got the money, man. Just life hit me hard this year with mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff like it has. Hopefully, I'm going to get out there soon. But, um, yeah, man, I'm blue-collar as it comes. Like, if, I wouldn't be wearing this off right now if I didn't get partnered up with them just because I'm your typical. I'd go to Walmart rocking. Once winter hits, you're layering up in some mossy oak and some real trees. But I uh, talked to, to Joe Miles. He's he's definitely my top three favorite guys in the industry all around from being a big buck killer, to just down to earth. Great guy. And, uh, yeah, partnering up with him. And, uh, I love the too, so I don't know what camera you guys rock, but it's just, that's who I am, man. When it comes to like the people, I, I have people ask me about my sponsor and stuff and like, how did you get them? Blah, blah, blah. But, my whole thing is if, if I don't truly believe in the product I'm never going to be a part of it and I have to believe in the people behind it as well.
0: I uh, agreed with you man like that's that's the way when we started our podcast we're like listen like we've got to only work with stuff that we're going to use cuz you know yeah. I feel I feel weird saying go we we our camo company's huntworth and um, you know I feel weird like saying go wear huntworth and I, I'm not wearing it you know, or, uh, go, uh, use Onyx, and I'm using hunt stand or some shit. Like, right? um, so, you know, and we've had to like check ourselves a few times and like, wait a minute, do we really want to work with this company? Like they've blown us off for six months and now all of a sudden they want to talk to us and, you know, like, is this a fit or are we just trying to, you know, work with them? Right. So, uh, you're right. Like it's gotta be a fit as well and you know sometimes you don't know it's not a fit till you're in it and that is what it is but um 100%. Yep. so okay i like that um let's talk about like our our gear setup so you don't shoot a matthews and neither do we what do you dude, shoot he used to i've never shot a matthews but what do you shoot now
3: dude like hopefully i'll upgrade i've been shooting the same cheap like for eight years old, PSE Stinger. It was like my second bow I ever got. I went to buy like an, a pretty nice bow. My dad had that conversation with me. He's like, dude, you, you're growing pretty good. You're going to end up buying a new bow in two or three years. Eight years later, I'm still shooting this bow. <laughs> but it's a $350 bass frog shop, maybe $400 bow. And I'm just, when it comes to bows, I'm different. For being how diehard I am about whitetail hunting, that's just one thing that comes extremely natural to me is shooting a bow. Like, I'm not even going to lie. My first hunt of the year this year, I hadn't shot in two months. I've just been busy, not busy enough to not be shooting my bow. But I just I just know how I am when it comes to shooting because I've been shooting a bow. And, I mean, I fell off for a few years, but since I was like five, I remember being in the backyard. Dad would be slinging arrows, and I'd be aiming towards the sky like I'm in a medieval movie, slinging arrows, trying to get it 50 yards. So with me, man, I can walk out with my bow, put the fifty yard pin on there, and I'm going to zing it. So uh once I get this nice setup and everything, but right dude, I still got a whisker biscuit. I still rock a good old whisker <laughs> biscuit. That's the type of guy I am. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've hey, missed a good a handful of clothes with that bow, but I'm knock on wood. I ain't missed a buck. I'm pretty so good with that bow.
0: You were probably but, screaming at the speakers if you listen to our show when I got a new bow. Cause I was the same <laughs> I was the same as you. I shot my my Second bow ever was a 2011 Bowtech Assassin. 2010 Bowtech Assassin. And I shot that all the way until this year. And then we both got got new bows. And that was one of my hang-ups is just like, I shoot good with this bow. I know it. It's light. It's small. It works. It works. (laughs) It kills. I don't miss with it. Like, all this stuff and I'm gonna go get this new bow because it's new yeah. now I will say I like it I mean you know it's been great but like I've got that bowtech set up ready to go like waiting in the wings the first time this elite pisses me off you know my bowtech might be back which I mean it hasn't it's been a great bow but um I was the same as you like I I was there's a lot of people out there that you know the newest bow they've got to go get the next year's bow or whatever and I've never yep. understood that because, if it, like you said, if it ain't broke, no, fix it. Fix it. But um, that's pretty cool. You are you were the other version of me until this year, and then I sold out and got a new one. So.
3: Dude, this cheap PSD, man. On my mobile setup on that tree stand I was rocking last year, I used to have my bow holder because I was hunting public and it was sitting on my seat. So would be sitting right here to my left side. And I'm sitting there, this is the day before I shot my buck, and uh, my buddy's sitting there filming me, and I felt something brush my elbow, and I thought it was like a stick, so I bump it. Not even knowing it was my bow. I bumped my bow off, off <laughs> out of the tree about 20 feet up, bro. Hits the ground all hard, shoots my arrow in the air like 10 feet. Me and my buddy look at each other like, dude, you don't even have your bow with you. I was like, this hunt's ruined. So I get down all pissed off. I go up to it. The string's all like all messed up. I'm like, oh, it is something different. Super pissed off, and I'm like, oh, never mind. All it was, it came off that little loop, threw it back on the loop, climbed back in the tree. We were hunting in Kentucky, about an about an hour, a little over an hour away. So by the time we get back after walking half a mile out of public, I forgot to shoot my bow that night. I go back there the next morning without shooting it, and then that buck walks by, and I I stuck him, double lunged him, but. Yeah, I feel like you draw some of these new Matthews or your new, just some of these bows, especially how some people have them. Some people have those sights that stick out that far. You know what I mean? They stick out yeah. eight, 10, 12 inches. And it would break. Like how that bow didn't break and how it's still shooting good, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm excited, honestly, to get a new bow hopefully next year. I just know it'll make me that much more of a killer because if I can use this cheap bow, and yeah, I haven't really done anything with it. Like right. I put a new sight on, and that's the only thing I've done. I put a one pin on it. And other than that, it's, it's, a bone stock bow same string. i've never even twisted holy off. shit oh, wow.
1: <laughs> that would scare me
3: no, 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 no. <laughs> i don't shoot that like, like in these eight years i probably shoot less in these eight years than most people
0: shoot in a single season oh i see Seriously. what you mean yeah like that's the biggest thing i mean like i shoot we shoot a lot now last season we we didn't really but this summer with that new bow dude i bet i at the height and micah was probably exact same way at the height of shooting, I bet I shot two fifty to five hundred a week there for a while. Well, yeah, two fifty I mean, a week, brand new bows, getting used yeah. to
1: them. So you're gonna, you're gonna, especially if you're not comfortable with them at first, because I mean it takes. Once you get a new bow, you, yeah, they're nice and stuff, but you still gotta get used to them. You know, I, I, I regret. I had a Matthews adrenaline. I've had one, two, three four bows in my lifetime my first one was a psc fireflight 33 i believe it was and that thing i was money with it uh for whatever reason i ended up getting rid of it and i got a matthew's adrenaline and you know single cam i regret getting rid of that thing to this day just because Mm -hmm. that i have never shot as good as i did with that bow that bow was just perfect it was just amazing i felt a great and not just because it was a I could care less if it was Matthew's PSE. Hoy, I don't give a crap what brand it is. That bow just really fit me good and I shot good with it. And uh I forget the point of what I was going with. Uh But yeah. I don't know, this was your story. <laughs> I know I it just ruined it. I, but it you started telling your story <laughs> and I started eating goldfish. <laughs>
0: I, I totally... with, with me,
3: when people hear me say that, say I don't shoot my bow much, like there's not very many people that I know that should do that. They, and honestly, I probably shouldn't either. I just feel so comfortable with a the, with the bow. And with me, my whole thing is I focus and I study deer so much, and I'm putting in the, the time, especially on public, figuring out where these really deer are going to come through on my private, same thing. And I'm trying to get these deer within 30 yards. And Thirty yards is a chip shot to me. Like if that deer is, like I honestly feel more comfortable at that like thirty yard range than I even do at twenty for some reason. That's just like what I always practice my targets always sitting at thirty yards. So you should definitely shoot your bow. Don't listen to me and be the guy who doesn't change your string. Blah blah blah. <laughs> shoot your bow. But, but for me, it just like comes natural. I think some people are kind of born with like certain things, and I was born to kill. I swear to God, I tell people that all the time. Like that's what I was put on this earth to do was was to be a killer and. That just comes from years and years of experience, too. I've been archery hunting for however many, 17 years, something like that. Yeah, so.
0: Makes sense. All right. Broadheads. Fixed blade, mechanical. What do you shoot?
3: Um, compound. I'm a big uh, mechanical guy. I shot Rage for years. This is the first year I've switched off the Rage. i am partnered up with Rec Broadheads. I'm excited. I haven't shot through a deer yet, but... I uh, had actually Matt Taggett on the podcast and talked to him. And after getting him on the podcast, he sold me right there. Just from everything he was saying, you could tell he was so passionate about it and, like, how much uh, work they put into it. So, they shoot good. They shoot like a field point. That's kind of their claim. To fl- same is it shoots like a field point. Uh, I'm shooting the XP. They got, like, three different broadheads right now. So, honestly, that's uh, – i see a lot of guys that'll like get partnered up with like a broadhead and stuff and like, it's the best broadhead on the world I'm like you've never even shot deer with it how do you know it's the best broadhead in the world like don't get me wrong i can say as much good thing about the wreck just because i've seen so many people kill it but until i actually uh, send it through the pump house i can't say too much about it you right know? That, that's right. how we were
0: in i mean we, we're not partnered with any broadhead companies but uh i switched to mechanicals two seasons ago last season Shortly, Last so season. there's this dude um in Iowa, and you should have him on your show if you never have. His name is John Lusk, Lusk Archery Adventures. He tests broadheads; that's all he does. Got yeah, a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Oh
3: yeah, yep, I've seen Yep, i YouTube. Guarantee
0: you, if you ever looked up a broadhead, more than likely his hill, video. He will, yeah, yeah, he will have done it. And he, we had him on the show, and we, he was talking about like testing mechanicals. You know his process, and then we asked him top five mechanicals, and he he listed them out and. I think
1: he only gave one. I don't think he gave a five. That might be. I don't remember.
0: (laughs) And there was a company called Sever out of Oregon or Washington somewhere. And so we looked into them, and they're not that expensive. And so I started shooting them two seasons ago, I think it was. And, dude, I never shot mechanicals before that. I've always shot fixed blades. And sighting in, I guess you'd call it a mechanical broadhead is so freaking easy. I mean, you really don't even need, don't even need to do it. You know, you just screw it onto the bow. I've never in my life had that because I've always been a guy that buys fixed and then I'll, I'll number each one of those broadheads and then I'll marry that broadhead to an arrow based on the way they fly. Mm -hmm. And when I first started shooting fixed blades, it was slick trick standards and they, they didn't really ever have issues. They were, you could pretty much screw them on, but I'm now shooting a broadhead called an, it's, Iron wheel, iron wheel um, standard, and they're expensive as shit. But yep, they, I've heard about they're a cut-on-contact blade. when you're So, like, I'm short. I've got a short draw length and a slow arrow because of it. And, like, my arrows are, like, what, 265 feet per second, and that's dialed all the way up to almost 70 pounds or whatever I'm at. And that's as fast as I'm going to get. So I wanted something that cut on contact. So I these, these iron wheels are definitely – high-end material, cut on contact, but it takes some time to sight them in because mm-hmm. when you screw them in, you know, if you, unless you fletch the arrow with the broadhead on it, you got to figure out kind of which way the blade's going to sit up with your cock vein, and I don't have a four-vein arrow. I've got a three-vein, which needs to change, but, you know, that's what I'm shooting, and then you're like, all right, this one works for this arrow and it just takes like it took me probably two weeks to like like my six arrows these are the six i'm using dude they're like there's something about the the mechanical just (laughs) screw it on move on and then when you shoot it like for me those severs are like what 13 bucks a piece something like that 12 13 yeah so like you shoot an animal with it trash like i'm not gonna try to like clean that thing up and Andy so Mike and I neither of us have shot one with those severs correct I shot an elk and I never found it so (laughs) with a sever (laughs) that was with a sever was
1: it that was a bad shot
0: on my it was a bad shot bad shot Andy shot a white tail two years ago a buck through the shoulder and that freaking sever went through its front shoulder and poked out the other shoulder on the other side so it, it crossed through bone both ways as a mechanical and then that that yeah. Whitetail ran 60 yards and, and was done. Piled up. And I'm like, damn. like yeah. Now I understand what they're talking about when they say, like, good materials. And, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, that John Lust dude, like, he, he didn't say – much good stuff about Rage, <laughs> so like well, Andy, Andy shot Rage for years, right? He said that they put I think ninety percent
1: of their profits go into marketing, <laughs> or something you know. Like that. So yeah. I mean, it's, but it is what it is. I, and it, but that being said, Rage has probably killed more deer than any, anything, uh, any other yeah. broadhead. Oh, by yeah.
3: far. So. I've got the, the three blade chisel tips for a long time, and I shot Spitfires and APS for a while. I've killed, I mean. We used to go to these exotic ranches when I was younger just because, like, I got some family that aren't, like, diehard family, but that's just kind of like, hey, let's go have a brooch, let's go kill some boars, let's go kill a fallow. So I, I did some testing on stuff like that. in the spitfires, man, I ain't got nothing bad to say about those either. I love them three-blade spitfires. They were just, like, uh, on contact. They would open. I shot that Kentucky buck with that Rage last year. And uh, these wrecks, like, my setup right now, like, my arrow and uh, uh, broadhead setup by far the nicest. I'm shooting, like, Tenati arrows and Singer Fletches, which they're made by the same, like, owners. And then I got that wreck on it. And I haven't uh, slung those into a deer, but me being a cheap guy my entire life, I'd go, I wouldn't buy the cheapest arrow. I'd walk in there and buy, like, a mid-level arrow. I'd never go buy a crazy expensive arrow because I'd not end up losing some, blah, blah, blah. So now that I'm actually shooting a pretty nice arrow, uh, it, it definitely makes a difference. Like, they hit way harder, too. I was trying to sight in my bow because uh, I didn't realize how, like, for me, I don't want to pull too much poundage back when I'm shooting a bow. Because you see these guys like, pulling back real hard. And It's like yeah. they're making that all that movement. I want it to be smooth as butter when I'm coming back. And if I can't pull smooth as butter, I'm pulling back too much. So I cranked mine all the way up this year. I was trying to side it in. I hadn't sighted it in, in so long. I was putting the pin the wrong way. So <laughs> I was pulling through the fence, like sh- shooting high. And uh, my old arrow, same fence. My old arrows, I would hit it and it would like kind of go through the fence a little bit, but these things were blowing through. And then, like uh, the first time I did it, blew through the fence and went under my neighbor's car, like right by the tire. So lucky I didn't hit their tire. <laughs> it is a difference. Once you get like a nicer setup, it is different. Just because I'm cheap, man. I grew up like blue collar family. It's just like this how I was raised. And now that I'm getting a little more diehard, I've been getting nicer stuff. But what do you think of this? Definitely...
0: Yeah. What do you think of them zinger fletches?
3: Dude, I love them. Like, they are crazy. They're just – they don't go bad. Like, you can legit shoot your arrow and pull your arrow through the whole target, and then your your fletches are still good. It's,
1: so, it's wild. So,
0: we bought some.
1: No, they were give it to us.
0: They did? Yeah. Well, No, we bought no, them We there. bought we them. Bought we were them. at the That's Iowa it. Deer Classic two years ago or whatever, and they were there, and we were talking to them. We bought some, but they're still sitting in the package. Yeah, I just haven't messed uh, with them.
1: We get I, – I, I get my arrows from – uh black Ovis, they do you know they build it for you or whatever so i mean i haven't had any complaints with the way they've been doing it so i haven't had a reason to take the fletchings off just to try them out yet i i always pack them with me like when i go out west and things like that i'm like well what if something happens and you know i need a fletching arrow real Mm -hmm. quick then then i got them because i have heard great things about them you know so
0: do you just do you just put yours on and leave them or do you tack them at all like I've heard a few people, they'll, they'll put a little glue like on the on the edges or whatever and, you know, just kind of seat them in there and other people just leave them where they're at and mark them. How do you do it?
3: I actually I actually had them make my arrows. This is the first arrows I ever had made. Like they're custom arrows from Kanati Arrows, same like owners and everything. So they sent me the arrows and uh, I just started shooting them. And had zero issues with them, man. They got like, I don't know what it's called. I don't know if the arrows well enough, but they got like that metal collar in the front. And dude, that makes such a difference, just for like,
0: oh, hit, like, hit, hit,
3: yeah, hitting the yeah. power. It's a that's a big difference. I my like, shoot just because I'm still shooting a Whisker Biscuit. I shoot the three blades. So they got the the four blade fletchings as well, yeah. which that's what the majority of people shoot.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still with you there. I still shoot three blade Blazers just because, like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what I started shooting. Never had a problem. Kept shooting them. Never had a problem. Uh, there is like part of me that says it would be so much easier to go to a four blade or four vein uh arrow setup so that when you're tuning those broadheads those fixed blades especially it's just not as hard because you've got Mm -hmm. you know another option right there and just statistically speaking those blades should line up with a a vein somewhere
1: well at that point i'm pretty sure you just knock tune it
0: mostly yeah yeah it's of a a knock tune rather than a simple deal yeah yeah
3: one reason I shoot the mechanical, too, is because when I try to shoot fixed blades out of this bow, just because it ain't no crazy bow, like, you could see and hear my arrow just, like, flying crazy. I'm like, yep, not doing that. Like, <laughs> I, was like I don't feel like putting in the I was like, I can go through a mechanical on right now, and it's ready to rock. So that was honestly one of my main things about it, because I got your diehard buddies that they'll sit there and try to argue with me, like, dude, hey, you no know, fixed blades the best. I'm like, yeah, 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 I hear you. If you're hitting that spot you're aiming, a deer's going down at the field point, you know what I mean? To a yeah. certain extent. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Shoot what makes you comfortable, and shoot where you can hit where you're aiming, and you shouldn't have a problem with whatever you're rocking. There's so yeah. many great broadhead companies out there nowadays.
0: There is. I mean, there. Uh, that I'm pretty. You can say that about pretty much anything in the outdoor world. Like, there's yeah. so many great products in every space. That, I mean, you know, camo. Like, you you're rocking osseo, We're Huntworth. I mean. Truth be told, I'd rock several brands out there because I like their pattern. I've heard good things about them. You know, like, it's it's a, it's just an industry, like, it's a good thing that it's gotten saturated with companies because then they compete with each other and they make better products. And they don't, you don't, like, just get stuck with, you know, the only bow company that is out there. They don't have any, uh, any reason to get better if they're the only one. They don't, they don't need to you know, mm-hmm. innovate and make you better products because they're the only one. Well, now you got Matthews, Hoyt, uh, Bowtech, Elite, PSE, who else? All these other bow companies uh, that I can't think of at the top of my head uh, out there that are trying to make a better bow than the other dudes. And that's only yeah. going to help us, you know, as the hunters. Same thing with trail yeah, cams, pretty, like all these trail cam yeah. companies.
3: You can't buy a bad bow now. I don't care what bow you buy. If you're buying a, a bow that came out the last two, three years, it's gonna be a good bow.
0: Yeah, yep. It's yeah, just no, what no. matches you, you right? Know, what works for you. Whatever. Fits you know, like base. I'm not gonna go buy a 34, 36 inch axle to axle bow when I'm five seven. <laughs> the damn thing will be as tall yeah. as me. Andy our our resident Sasquatch on our, our crew is 6'7". Like, yeah, that ain't no problem for him.
3: Is he that big? I know he's big. I don't really do Yeah, he's 6'6", 6'7", six, six,
0: I, six, 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 I, I had to ask him the other day, actually. I think yeah. he said he was 6'6". Six, six.
1: That,
3: that boy, he ate his greens when he was younger or something. God bless.
0: Yeah, a, the whole family's pretty big. They're all tall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, so he would look – it'd be weird shooting a little 30-inch bow for him. You know, it'd almost look like a toy. So like yeah. me and him obviously are never going to have similar bows plus he's left-handed. So um got that against him. He's got that he, yeah, he's got a 32-inch draw and he's left-handed. <laughs> like the dude can never he can never he he So has, he's one of those guys he can never walk into a bow shop and ask to shoot something cuz they ain't going to have it. Like yeah, they ain't yeah. going to have what he needs. I can pretty much walk in anywhere and be like, "Uh, I want to try that one. That one, that one, that one." Cause yep. I'm a 27 inch draw, which most most bows are going to go down to that, um, and mm-hmm. you know then Mike is kind of right, right in the middle. You you can do, I'm, you I'm can like an
1: average, uh, you know, 29 inch draw, 70 pounds. I can pretty much shoot
0: shoot anything. So yeah, but um, yeah, I mean that's just kind of I don't know. I, I like to talk about your your archery setup with with different hunters just because I don't feel like I've gotten the same answer ever on our show yeah like oh yeah
3: every season. some guy i got somebody that are just like super super die hard like shoot all the time and uh that's just definitely not me
0: yeah so okay let's talk about deer season like what are you after this year dude okay anything good on camera uh,
3: okay. you... yeah yeah uh, i usually dive around quite a bit this is going to be my last year i've had this property I think it's 11 years I think it's the 11th season we've had this property in the family and my parents end up stone it they're getting old man they uh they're in their 60s now it's a pretty big house so they're trying to downsize uh just it's too much to deal with so it's gonna be the last year so I'm putting all my Indiana time here I'm not going to any other public I'm focusing it all here and luckily dude uh, uh I've already talked about it more than I should so screw it I have this buck I call blade and I've had this yes. him since 2015. And uh, had a history with him since 2015. He disappeared for I think five or six years. He's the most infamous buck I've ever chased. I've got daylight pictures of him back in the day. So he's and, over. Uh, so he's, he's
1: actually over eight years old then.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm putting him at ten or eleven, I believe. I would have his oh math, but yeah, hey, he's, wow. he's at least, you know, And he's a hammer. Like he's not just like a, oh, he's a ten year old and he's old. He's going downhill. Like this buck is a giant ten year old. Like his body. Once we get off here, i have to send you guys a text. I don't send too many people. I send you And <laughs> nice. so I, I just know this bus and like the odds of me killing him are slim to none, just especially because he's disappeared. I don't even know for a fact that I've had any pictures of him in the last five years. Like last year, I didn't run much cameras until like basically November, but I never got him there. But I was sitting there filming on my neighbors and I was classing all these bucks. They're sitting like this, like, I don't even know what the, the farmer planted, real small field right off the road. But all the deer were in there. i drive by it, go to my house, and I'd see him. I'd say, like, there's some good bucks. So I'm going to walk down. So I walk down, and I'm filming. and filming these good eight-year-old, or eight points, and I'm watching everything. And then out of nowhere, he pops up. And I'm filming him. Like, that's a giant. And this was when they, before they were getting, like, real defined. Like, he was pretty defined. End up filming him again. And as I'm filming him, it, like, hit me. I saw he's he got a really defining kicker off his base. It's like another brow tie almost. It's, that's why I call him blade. It just, like, comes off really really defining point. And if it wasn't that point, I'd have never thought it was him. I thought it'd been gone forever. So I put two and two together. I'm filming him. I like kind of like realized I was like, that way. Cause his body's huge. He's standing next to these like three and four year olds, like dwarfing them. Like by far the biggest body buck I've ever seen. Like I got videos of him first, I think it was August 2nd. And he's walking by one of my cameras. I got two videos of him. And his neck jiggling, just like waiting to get swole for the rut. Never yeah. seen anything like it. He's a mega. Uh, I had to think right now. I think he's a 13 or 14 point this year. He's a typical 12. He's got kickers off his G2s that match up. And he's got, like, some stuff on his bases and that uh, that blade point. But, yeah, I got a couple pictures of him. I'm, uh, he's my number one. I got some other good bucks. He's a ghost, man. We've hunted him for those couple years that so we had history with him. I got an but idea.
0: He's a bug. Okay after we'll exchange phone numbers you gotta text us pictures of blade we'll text you pictures of baraka who is in the same boat as blade he's a ghost right now to us he's the one i was telling you about that during the summer we saw him every damn day and now he's just gone by by doing that we will give good juju to the other and that buck will come back manifest it'll manifest them coming back to each other
3: Hey, I'm, I'm I'll take like anything I can, man. I'll manifest everything, rut buck.
0: Because you ain't got to worry about exactly. us. We ain't coming to Indiana to fuck mess with him anyway. <laughs> yeah. You ain't coming to Missouri to mess with him. So it's kind of a win-win situation. I think.
3: I like it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. I'm all for it. But this buck, I do know that he's a rut buck and a late season buck. So if I'm gonna kill this buck, it's gonna be November. Like uh, we've got pictures of him. He's usually more towards the end. He's usually like the second week of November towards the end when he'd come through the property because we have this one spot where I uh, just moved one of my cameras because I was like, you haven't had a camera on this little spot for for a while, and that's like the only spot I got pictures of him during the rut. So I put that camera back there just in case and put a new vine over that scrape. But, uh, dude, he's a mega. I, I hope he comes through. He, oh, Dude, I don't even want to put a number on him, but I'm, I'm saying 180s probably. Damn. Like will yep. by far my biggest. Like, my biggest is right there. He's a 158. And uh, so he'll definitely break Booner. But since he is such a ghost, I don't have much history with him. I don't know for a fact he's going to come back. I don't know because it's my last year. So I got some other bucks. If they walk by, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. It's 27 acres, small parcel. Yeah. A bunch of the neighbors are starting to hunt. It's that time where uh, the neighbor, he crossbow hunts. The other guys, a bunch of them gun hunt. And it gets crazy when gun season gets here. So. One of those other bucks, I got a 10-point. He was a, I put him at four last year, so he's probably a five-year-old this year. I've gotten one picture of him since season started. It was like 30 minutes before light, walking on my property. And I think what he was doing, he was just doing his early season route. coming to so check, see if Susie's there, see if uh, she's still in the area. Because I'm a big believer these bucks come and check your dough, check your property, make sure what's going on, and then they come back in the rut. So if he comes by, I'm going to smoke him. He's I, he's probably 130-inch, 10-point. he not got good, uh, I guess it would be like G4s. They're pretty small, but he's a shooter in my book, especially he's mature. And then I got this other eight point that if he walks by, he's a tall and tight, thick buck. But, yeah, Blade's
1: number he's number one, man. Uh I can see that. He's how, good how many tags he's, do he's
3: you get? I seen that buck. Indiana, we get one buck tag, and uh you can kill, like, in in my county, we get three does, but then I can go to the county over and kill two or three more does.
0: Right. I was listening it, to your show, like, I think it was last week, Uh the dude – you had on that was talking about, like, he's a big believer in identifying does. Like, he'll, tr- he'll try to, mm-hmm. like, um, he'll try to find a feature on a doe and know who she is. Really? Just like we do with bucks. Why, though? So that he can figure out their patterns, and by figuring out their patterns, he can pattern a buck based on what she's doing. And, like, he'll try to figure out when they have, have their fawns, and he can almost, like, if he knows exactly when the farm was on the ground because of what she's doing, then he can almost guarantee when she's going to go into estrus the next year. And if he knows exactly who that doe is, then it's just like, he knows who, sh- what she is. So like, he's got one doe, he has got a scar on her body and another doe has got something on her ear, her tail's black. And he, he, yeah. I don't know if he names them, but fascinating. Like, yeah. That's and it's, it's not like, if you think about it, you get all these pictures of does, I don't do shit with them. I just like, yep, there's some does good. Yeah. But they could give you information just like a buck does. <laughs> so, I, I thought that was a really good show. Uh, what he was saying yeah, about that—that's
3: that. genius. He's he's put stuff in perspective for me because he was one of the first people I sent that blade buck because I was just like, dude, what do you think about this? Why he's blah blah blah? Just because he's yeah, he's a very methodical guy. He, he made me think. I was gonna think about shooting some does. But then I was thinking, yeah, my luck. That would be the one doe that Blade comes here to breed. So I was like, I'll wait until, like, the rut's done. We'll smack these does in late season and everything. But I, th- that's basically how I hunt. Me and him are really similar in that way is we hunt does to kill bucks. That's, like, that's that's just what we do. We figure out where these does are. Like, I don't know if you saw that post I just did where I just posted a bunch of pictures off my Kentucky cam, And uh, that's, that was my whole goal going in there. It's like, finding some real good doe trails because we find them doe trails and doe bedding areas Them bucks gonna be there in the rut and that's 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 one of those conversations you either you love the road or you hate it and i'm a, i love it i'm an uh, equal opportunist hunter like don't get me wrong i got my target bucks and i got even shot some target bucks in, in the rut but that's i think that's basically the best way i can put it how i hunt is i hunt does
0: to kill bugs where there's, like I've always said, where there's hoes, there's bros. Dang right. Always. Always. do not matter where you are where you are. doesn't matter what, what species. Where there's the chicks, there will be the dudes.
1: You should have said <laughs> yeah. dicks
0: there. That would have been funnier. Where there's the chicks, there's going to be some dicks. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. Well, uh, hey, Gavin, before we hop off, um, tell everybody how they can uh, find Whitetail Bloodline, check you out on social media, and listen to the show.
3: Uh, yep, you can just search Whitetail Bloodline. It's Whitetail Bloodline on all platforms. Um, the most frequent posting is on Instagram by far, YouTube, trying to get better. I was doing a good like preseason, getting ready for the season. I started a new segment on there, so I'm on YouTube. You can search Whitetail Bloodline Podcast on Apple, Spotify, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, Whitetail Bloodline. Uh, I'm one of those guys, man. If you ever need anything, reach out to me. Uh, I'm, I'm here to help People as much as i can that's, that's one of the reasons i started the white cell bloodline is to help people and uh yeah i just love it i appreciate you guys letting me hop on man it's uh, a long time coming definitely gonna have to get you guys on my podcast here in bs again uh yeah i definitely enjoyed it because i haven't been on many podcasts i've done a lot of podcasts but i haven't been a guest on many so i truly really appreciate it guys yeah, yeah no we appreciate
0: huh? you coming on man and everybody go check out gavin and what he's doing uh i enjoy listening to him um uh, I enjoy listening to people I feel like it's a lot like me, you know, you know, just kind of, I don't know, you know, some of the names in the industry are much bigger than us and that's awesome. I love them. But, you know, sometimes you're just like, I want to listen to me, you know, and I don't like right. listening to me. Yep. So I need to listen to someone. I want to hear else. the guy that's only got 27 acres, you know, yeah. that is his parents right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Gavin White Whitetail Bloodline. Thanks for coming on, bro.
3: Yes, sir. Y'all be good, man. Appreciate it. All right. See All you again.